Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with special guest. It's not Benji sitting next to me. It's GP Lama Shane Miller. We're going to have a tech review, sort of review podcast, not what we... You know, it's not our bread and butter, but it's the start of the year, tour down under, there's loads of new tech, and so who better to bring in than Shane, and we're going to discuss power meters, new bikes, new head units, all that jazz, some new tires that have changed around the place, particularly on Yumbo and, and UAE, so welcome Shane. How's the TDU going for you so far? Uh, things are hot here in Adelaide, 44 degrees Celsius when we arrived, we drove over from home, which is Ballarat. And uh, yeah, straight indoors into the air conditioning and out early morning on the bike. And uh, good times, good weather, no rain. Actually, no rain. I was going to say no, no rain in the race. Let's talk about the prologue <laughs> soon, though. Yeah, that really changed things up with the weather, which was unexpected. Well, as always, this show is presented by Zwift, and both Shane and I are here uh, on behalf of Zwift, which has been great. I presented the Young Riders jersey today. This will be going up a bit later. So this was Saturday. We're recording Saturday, stage four. Uh, at Willunga, no Willunga Hill, but Sheffield was still in the leaders' jersey. I'm a little bit sunburnt, um, but you know that's what you got to do, right? For you know presenting Sheffield with his first of many leaders' jerseys. But prologue, you already mentioned it. We saw Pale Bill Bow. We already covered that a little bit. The like inverted 90 degree or whatever hoods, which we think are legal. What else did you see before the race even started? Before the prologue, what was going on in the warm up, the green room? Um, what did you, what's changed from last year or what, what was going on there? It was a good setup in the train station here in town. So a nice big hall. But what would happen, it was super, super hot there as well. So all the riders were warming up. 32, 33 degree day, maybe even a little warmer Celsius. Um, they were sweating buckets indoors. Um, but the trainers they had, there's a lot of elite trainers lined up. One thing I did spot, though, was released last year the Wahoo Roller which I've got to say, it hasn't, I don't think it's done very well at a consumer level because okay. it's pretty bulky and it's not a, it's, well, it's not a wheel-off trainer. It's a wheel-on trainer, but rollers, but kind of not. So you lock okay. your front wheel in and uh, you've got to have your own power meter. But for this purpose, for putting a bike on in race configuration, you can just wheel your bike up, put it on, clamp the front wheel, get your warm-up done, take it off and go. So front wheel on, uh, direct drive. It's uh, both wheels stay on. It oh, just okay. cl- it just clamps the front wheel. Really weird. And okay. Zip have something to say about that too, because Zip actually won't certify the use of this device. Is that why it's not been popular? Is that because the pros they they couldn't give a fuck if they can't warranty the bike? Uh, you know, as long as it's convenient and works. Yeah, convenience wins over any warranty, I guess, at this level. So we were seeing all bikes being put on them, but it was just so quick for them. They could roll up, put their bike on it, get the warm up done, and yeah, they weren't taking wheels on and off. But there might be some indexing issues, and we saw a couple of direct drive trainers in use, and the mechanics there with clunking gears. And um, and you imagine, say, um, two minutes to go before your start time, the mechanics got your bike off, got to reindex your wheels, disc wheels over here, bikes over here. It's stressful. You don't need that stress. So, yeah, a lot of uh, Wahoo Rollers in use, but still a lot of direct drive because that's a lot of the teams are sponsored by direct drive manufacturers. Um, what else do we see technology-wise? That's really about it. But uh, interesting to see the modifications made to the road bikes because no TT bikes allowed. 
Um, but yeah, those, those turned in levers for the puppy paws that is technically allowed in time trials, but not open road races. Uh, I, think the in, I think the lever position, there's no rule against it. But the position you would adopt with that lever position is not allowed because you like you would have to use your forearms as a point of contact to yes, even yeah. hold the hoods. Yep, yep. Um, yep. I don't know how they braked. Like uh, Bill Bow, I have no idea how he got enough leverage to break. Typically, your brakes are here, they're out here. Now, you're on a 5.5k course going, what, 50, 60k an hour plus in some sections. You've got to grab the brakes where they normally are, and they're out here in the rain. Oof. On a bike path, yeah. <laughs> so how, there was quite a few falls as well. There was a, a few slip-ups. Um, but early on, the riders, the first two or three riders, I think, had dry conditions and did very well. Right, and one thing you notice as well is, we'll start with head units, mm-hmm. is UAE have changed from SRM power meters, and I think they're no longer using the PC8 or whatever edition it was, the gold standard, um, head units, which didn't have maps on them, and now they're using, I'm not sure what head units uh, they're using, but I know they have maps on them now. And you also saw another team using um, non-sponsor head units. Um, what was Jayco, right? Jayco Alula, yeah. Now, it caught my eye because they'd blanked out the name. So they were all running garments, a mixture of, uh, I think, 520s, eight, uh, well, actually 530s, 830s, and uh, 1030s, the larger units, or 1040s, quite possibly. Quite hard to tell, but they were all blanked out. So it caught my eye. I went over and had a look. Um, yeah, went through their sponsor list. I believe they should be on giant head units, which are the Stages Dash rebranded. Uh, the giant are labeling as their own. Um, but they were all on Garmin units from Jaco Alula. And like what I think that could make a big difference for UAE if they can now see maps. I remember um, San Sebastian, that crash that Morrich had or he like forced, he, he overcooked a corner and it forced Honoré and maybe Powers to crash. Honoré definitely did crash. And a lot of the pros that are sending now pretty much entirely or you, using their maps to judge corners coming up and how sharp they are, where they need to break, even more so than, you know, DS rally, you know, rarely is a DS doing rally style, you know, sharp left, like medium left, like they're using the maps um and that's why we're also seeing a lot of descent koms like magnus uh not magnus matthias norsgaard peacock did that descent uh off what was it on the, on the after west stage of quite a fair no i'm not sure but then norsgaard came in the group header and he like put a minute into peacock's time jensen plowright swept up all the descent comms down gorge road yesterday i believe okay um i think most of the riders were maxing out at 102 103k per hour but i have confidence to do that using the maps now, I first heard about using the maps for descending, uh, descending fast, that is, not just sort of, you know, touring around. Yeah. Uh, back in, ooh, what would have been probably 2010, 2009, uh, David Miller, back in the day, Garmin, well, Garmin-sponsored team, was talking about the maps and saying that, oh, I can now descend with more confidence. I call bullshit on that. I'm like, oh, that's nice. You're a Garmin, yeah. whoever they were back in the day. I'm like, yeah, good one, good one. And then I tried it because I never really had the maps up. Back in the training days, it was the data, 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 that's all you need. I actually tried it. It works. And the, the key point is if you're going through a, a switchback, uh, you'll know to break. But if a corner sort of double backs on itself but then opens up, no breaks required. And you get a feel for how much a curve turns on the head unit that you don't have to break on. So it does change the game if you can see what's coming up. Um, so any even at the amateur level, it does help. I did a... Pretty interesting interview with Seb Berwick on uh, Israel this morning and he was saying, yeah, like the way they hit 
Gorge Road yesterday was crazy. Like he, he thought it was it was faster than they came to that left hander faster than they do on European races because the road's so wide and I don't know everyone was flying. So that was crazy. But the big changes, and it's already been a, like not controversy around it, but a little bit with Wout Van Aert in. Uh, in cyclocross, is Jumbo Visma changing to SRAM? And it's not just the groups that they're changing. Um, and so I wanted to run through with you, like, first of all, why why might they be changing from, you know, some teams pay wholesale for Shimano. UAE are paying, I'm pretty sure, wholesale for Shimano. They're not being sponsored by them. Why are Jumbo changing to SRAM? They've just had a great year last year. And they're going to what some people, you know, uh, fuck SRAM mean with Molimo, you know, <laughs> like what is maybe perceived as an inferior product. Like why are they changing? Is it just cash? It's, well, cash would have to be up there. Um, yeah. But it also depends what that contract with Shimano entailed. If that was the group set, the wheels, the pedals, everything, yeah. this may allow them more granularity of what they get to choose. Um, so maybe they put up with that front derailleur, but they get to choose their own pedals. They're now on speedplane. And their own wheels, they've moved to is it Rose uh, or what's it called? Salzman R. It's like a oh, Is it Roval? No, it's not Roval. Record We'll find it. <laughs> I'm really good with the technical stuff. Not the names. Reserve. Reserve. There we go. <laughs> Finally got there. Reserve. But we're seeing a lot of different wheel manufacturers out there, but they're all pretty much at the same level, though I'm sure people will dispute that regarding aero and things like that. Uh, but, yeah, it allows them to get more granular with their uh, selection. Okay. Um, but there's, there's also a few other nuances with, um, I guess, gearing, uh, other options out there with what they can choose. I reckon they don't have to use the power meter anymore, so the, the Shimano power meter. So they're now – I don't think they're using the speed play power meter, though. No, from, no, not? just the pedals. No, they're on quarks. Okay. So SRAM own quark now, which is okay. built into the red group set. Um, there are other spider options at the force level, but I believe they're using the, the chain ring version of that power meter. Um, and that's proven over years and years. That's just set and forget. It works. It's not true dual-sided. It's okay. total power because it, it measures total power, not independent dual-sided. Um, but it's good enough for what they need. And if it's going to be more accurate, more reliable, um, which Quark have proven over many, many years, um, yeah, they'll be happy with that. So, yeah, that probably is an upgrade, the power meter side. I mean, I interviewed AKV speak. He's the, like, performance manager at – he's part of behind the sort of revolution of Intermarche. He was like, eh, group sets, the actual group sets themselves. There's not too much difference between them. Um, I'm not sure – about it i just don't have the data like who has the data who's tracking chain drops in world tour races that that'd be a great twitter. website twitter, twitter. I, know. I mean you know, just jump on twitter you'll find out who's dropping chains uh, of course oh yeah when wow drops a chain uh, cobble section of roubaix twitter is gonna go off like it will like, <laughs> I reckon, yeah. however matthews yesterday drops a chain on a shimano group set and, so. and Pog dropped a chain in like Liège or Flesh 21 on a fast downhill. Yeah, everyone, <laughs> these guys are literally, they have it in cross chaining at all times and it's like bang <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> with no attention on, <laughs> on the pedals. Their but, bikes are getting thrown around too. Yeah. Up against, they've got a spare bike, getting it off the roof, it's shaking, the rear derailleur just bends a little bit. Right. Yeah. But still, I mean, they seem to be fine on Shimano. Yeah, the wheels, are, it's very difficult to know. They probably have the in-house testing with how those wheels interact with the Cervelo frame. Um, 
what else? And you, yeah, we already said the power meter. I think is a pretty. I think the power meter is a pretty solid upgrade. But yeah, I mean, it's also let's be real. Shram will be paying <laughs> a lot more. I reckon. Like it, it's also got to be that. Like it has to be Shram uh, coming in, and they're going from what do they have? They had Trek and Movistar. And now they're going to what the number one team in the world last year. So it has to be part of it. As Rather well. than sponsor three or four smaller teams, go straight to the top. And it's been noticed. We're talking about it now. Have been for five minutes. So that's all part of it, part of their decision, no doubt. Sort of the other end of the spectrum is about their main rival, Yumbo Visma, is UAE, who are sort of doing the opposite in that they, from what I can see, I already mentioned they're they're going for performance. Like they're, I think UAE of all the teams have really upped what they're doing in terms of the tech stuff, uh, which I'm not an expert in, but still it looks like it's a focus where they're, they're not too fussed about getting, you know, the biggest deal. They're wanting the best products. Um, the Colnago, which they've used, it's the same bike. It's now commercially available, I think. Um, but they've gone from Campag, which again, like with Yumbo, it's a bundle deal with Campag usually. So you've got to use the Bora wheels, uh, which I think are, pretty well respected but anyway they're going to envy um envy wheels they're going to use conti tires which is a surprise to nobody because if you remember pagatcha screaming fuck these tires um they're using i think pirelli last year if that happens well yeah now they're on continental tires um and they're also on shimano instead of campag which is I know the Italian. I haven't seen much Italian purists yeah, complaining. Can it, can it be done? I was going to say, can you put a Shimano group set on the Colnago frame? I don't think, like, that's, isn't that, um, that's, I mean, if you're superstitious, that could never happen. It's like, yeah, well, it's like, like cats on Friday the 13th, breaking smashing mirrors and Hawaiian on Hawaiian pizza, snapping pasta before you hey, put it in the pineapple pot. belongs on pizza. Exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> Shimano on Colnago, I don't, uh, let's see how, well, Jay's leading the tour at the moment, so it must work. Yeah. Uh, so I think they've, and they're also I've never heard of their kit sponsor, Pisse. Um, that's their kit supplier. I don't know. And that was pronounced how, sorry? P- I, no one's told me. It's P I S E I. I can't how can you pronounce it by saying piss I or Pisse? I like <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you I mean? slaughter anything that's non Australian? Yeah, I maybe guess, so I'm not even gonna try that. I'll get in trouble. So they're using Wahoo computers. There we go. Okay, so they're using Wahoo. What's the split right now that you can see between Wahoo and Garmin? And also, most importantly, mm-hmm. because to remind people, uh, the pros don't get a choice a lot of the time. What can you see with on the margins what guys are choosing to use as head units? Choosing to use, you'll never get an answer. They can't tell you. They're contractually obliged to use whatever they're told to use, except if you're Team Jacob Alulu and they just blank things out and use Garmin anyway. Uh, look, we're seeing more and more um, Wahoo head units come in. Um, and now with, well, Jaco should be using the giant head unit, but they're not. Um, on the men's teams, it's primarily Garmin. Um, on the women's side of things, which was earlier this week as well, we're seeing a lot more other sponsorship come in. Um, so uh, we see Wahoo sponsoring a lot more of the women's teams. Um, but they're pretty much a wash, really, for what they need in races. You get power, you get distance, you get time, um, and enough uh, quality data recording for the coaches to analyze. Uh, for other little things like Connect IQ and does it pop up my messages from my iPhone? Yeah. Does it do live tracking? <laughs> they're not doing any of that. I mean, we care about that as consumers, but it's quite interesting. Like As consumers, we can choose our products and actually choose to use more features than what the pros even use. 
Um, so with the split, I'm not quite sure on the men's side of things, um, but there is a lot of Garmin's out there. Yeah, and like there's also no price sensitivity really for the pros as well. Like it's, I mean, what Shimano seems to have been, they can coast, they they have been able to coast off how these World Tour teams will use this anyway because it's a superior product. What power meter, group set, wheels, whatever, what new entrant are you seeing? Two, two questions. What new entrant are you seeing who is just putting down cash to get on bikes? Uh, and what other company or product are you seeing that they the pros, oh, they're using that handlebar because they like that handlebar um kind of like the i don't know it's tough with the tires again because they blacked them out like well who knows what tires pigachi was running at the tour but yeah maybe the first question who are you seeing with the bag of cash coming in i'm not seeing any. i'm over here for the week to try and cover the tech yeah i'm not being wound by anything i'm not being i'm not seeing anything great big step ups in anything at all yeah. um what we're seeing is consumer level tech that the riders are riding that we can purchase off the shelf if not choose better equipment Ourselves. So nothing really jumps out. I'm surprised we're not seeing any hammerhead uh, head units being forced. Israel on, on them? Ah, oh, they could be, but they're not making any noise about it though. I've seen yeah. nothing of it. But they are because Hammerhead now owns uh, SRAM now own Hammerhead. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming we may see some SRAM teams move over to that head unit. Uh, maybe if the Karoo Three comes out this year sometime and improves on an aging unit. Uh, if you pull up the stats here, let me have a look at what head unit they're on. If it's listed. Um, but nothing, there's a lot of other things on the periphery. We see the core body right. temperature sensors, we're oh, seeing okay. super sapiens, which can't be used. So, so they use that in what, in the prologue warm up? they were using super sapiens. No, 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 you won't see that, but I'm just talking in general, what we're seeing come into oh, the okay, sport yeah. technology wise, we're seeing super sapiens stuff. We're seeing some real time hydration monitoring yeah. stuff. Hasn't quite, quite crept into the pro level yet. Cause I don't think we know what to do with the data during the race. The core temperature sensor is interesting. But at the end of the day, if your core body temperature sensor moves, or core temperature moves a little bit, I mean, you know anyway, it's a hot day. It's going to move. So we're still, we are seeing that creep in, um, but also with the regulations of the UCI, I mean, super sapiens can't be used in a race. Um, that's an invasive technology. You've got to put something in your arm and leave it in there. Um, nothing really jumping out at me though. Um, even from the tour last year, I think we're seeing like the 12 speed group sets. Uh, they are using the wireless levers. Shimano levers can be wired into the system for a little bit more reliability, okay. I guess you would call it. Um, but we're seeing them used wirelessly, um, so trust in the technology there. But on that, mm -hmm. you haven't seen all the Shimano teams who actually are sponsored by Shimano using only Shimano 12-speed here. That's a good observation. Uh, no, there are a lot of 11-speed chain sets still in use, which is kind of bizarre because uh, based on the Shimano tech spec, which I dive into before making any content or comment on, on what can be used and how to do all this. Um, technically, you can't use that chain set on the new 12-speed group set, but you can because a lot of the proteins are <laughs> yeah, using right. it. Uh, we're seeing older uh, R9100P uh, power meters okay. and just straight chain sets on bikes equipped with 12-speed. Um, I've made some inquiries on that. Nobody wants to go officially on record. Um, the rumor is that the teams may not be bringing out their number one bike for show because it's early in the year. They may have not got their sponsor drop yet of all the new equipment. Right. However, a chain set's probably the most easiest part to change on a bike. I mean, if you've got the 12 speed, everything else and got that all configured, the chain set's actually a couple of tools and you're on in about two minutes. 
not sure what's going so on. What supply chain issues? What is it? I I simply don't know, and I can't right. get a straight answer. Um, but you'd think if Shimano are paying these teams to be showcasing yeah, their latest yeah, yeah, and yeah. greatest, and you're putting these old ass chain sets on, which I I think. Physically, there is just a, a, a millimeter, a half a millimeter different with the Q factor or the or the the, um, the chain lines. It's going to be good enough to work. But when something like uh, Matthews throws a chain in a sprint, the first thing I'm doing is heading over to the service course and like having a quick look. I believe he was on twelve twelve though, so that's okay. Yeah, uh, if he had been on eleven twelve, I would have been like, "Hey, look at this! What's going on here?" Uh, don't know, don't know. It was a problem in the past. We couldn't get the group sets. They've been out for a long time now, though. So, not sure, not sure. Okay, yeah, it's interesting seeing like, I mean, Yumbo said they were like they started doing the SRAM changeover in September or something. I don't know. Um, it takes so long, but yeah, the just changing the chain set out. I mean, there have been a few riders, yeah, that mentioned to me and like just just to let everybody know, all the power meters don't all work perfectly in World Tour all the time. Um, you won't hear much of that though. Some, bra- all- some breaking news to people, yeah, they don't all work perfectly all the time. Um, and there's, you know, you'd be surprised, particularly when a guy changes team, changes power meter manufacturer, do they get him to reset his zones properly? Um, maybe they do eventually when he does a new FTP test in Jan- the January camp. Maybe that, that's where it happens inadvertently, but I don't think there's, there's not enough acknowledgement that like the power meters are also haven't <laughs> have a margin of error, which are often exceeded actually their margin of error that they say on the on the box so um but the pros can't like they got to use what they got um it just it just sucks then they almost like you know a consumer with uh infinite money which maybe that it's fair few in the market from what i've seen with the bling bikes around here in adelaide like i can't believe it coming back like amount of 10 grand i mean every bike's over 10 grand now so maybe every 15 grand plus bike um but yeah they can almost put together a better performing overall system than the pros because of you know xyz reasons but yeah what what else has been done yumbo uae the prologue um what about deliveries does that that catch your eye the the bike the bike paint jobs or any any special ones any any ones you hate i I would like to go on record and say i've seen in the flesh the archaea kit which i quite liked i thought the red it's it's not bad no it's actually quite good um but the way it works with the off Celeste Bianchi specialissima, I think they're using. Um, it's not like the Yumbo Bianchis, which were quite popular, I think. It don't look right. It don't look right. <laughs> they got they got to change. It. And I also think, yeah, the the I think something needs to change there. Um, maybe they need to go full Celeste and just bling it out. But when things look good and it's all I mean, I hate the word colorway. I hate the word when they talk about you watch you watch other tech coverage and they're talking about the paint jobs. I could not care less about the paint job. It's like it's a tool for the trade. These things get crashed and thrown out. Uh, I mean, if you ride into your bike and it's a, a project bike and it's a personal thing, go nuts, color it all up, decal, you name it. Like make it look really, really nice. But these are tools of the trade. These get smashed around. Um, but I've got to say something like the quick step from uh, from many years ago, the blues, the blacks. The, but they look they do look nice when they all match up. However, I've got to say my standout that looks absolutely bloody horrendous. BMC. It looks like really? a Duplo. What is that? It's the blue and the red. I mean, I've got a three-year-old son who has toys that look like that. I mean, this is meant to be a, what, a $15,000, $20,000 bike that we want to aspire to owning. No, yeah. it's horrible. Might be an okay bike, but the colorway, 
Did I mention Callaway? <laughs> Horrific. Yeah, the paint job. Uh, I think Giants kind of upped their game a little bit. They're not the best, but they used to be really boring, maybe in the 2014s, um, 15s. Like, I'm thinking CCC was just black and white, right? Um, except for Golden Greg when he was on CCC. And then Argos Shimano or Skill Shimano, can't remember. They had the pink, they had the pink ones at Ulrich. Um, oh. they, I think that, or maybe that was a Pinarello that Ulrich used. Um, the T Mobile was pretty, pretty, uh, loud i like a pink i like a loud pink i think the i think the bike exchange ones looks, looks better than the kit bike exchange have although the bike exchange winter kit they had last year which i saw more often at home on the streets than in races because not many races are that cold they look really really good uh the full full uh like whatever blue that is i don't know colorway so i don't know the technical to you know that whatever it's called why aren't we seeing the, the the paint jobs be useful to us why aren't we seeing some kind of energy return system from say the sun like we have Wait, solar, now, solar paint <laughs> why not why not let's push things forward i mean i mean there's not a lot of energy used by our derailers but uh i think there could be some energy return in there or some sort of um energy gathering our little watches have them uh, if you buy the upper end and the little head units now having solar panels on the front, imagine having a bike that had some kind of. It's not going to work in Belgium in midwinter, of course not. Uh, I'm not going to work on cyclocross bikes; it's covered in crap. Road bikes out here, though. I mean, there's a lot of surface area on a bike that could be used for to plug things in and then push that twenty thousand dollar bike up to twenty five thousand dollars. You know. I mean, this sounds like a nightmare scenario. <laughs> Probably someone's going to bring this out. I mean, you you kind of already touched on it and you mentioned it. And I, I, we were talking off air about it and just thinking. You know, DI2 is, was a step change. Mm-hmm. Even ETAP was a, a step change going from to a wireless system. And I feel like, and it probably is no one, maybe it's just people were making hay while the sun was shining during the pandemic or um, during the pandemic you are very careful with R&D and all you're trying to do is just meet, meet demand and now post-pandemic we're in the opposite end of the cycle where there's a lot of inventory and so people are, you know, a bit nervous around the industry. There's been a fair few layoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there hasn't been a, like a step change product in any category. Maybe there's just been, but maybe it's like when you, I don't know, FIFA, it's like FIFA every year. FIFA gets brought out mm-hmm. and you think there's nothing's changed. But then when you compare the FIFA to the one six years ago, you're like, holy shit, like this is so different. Maybe, maybe the wheels and tires are and the frames are getting really fast you just don't notice because it's incremental i was going to say the wheels and tires i think are pretty much where okay. the biggest changes are being made from what i can see anyway like di2 is done we went we've gone from the 10 speed di2 11 to 12 and that's become well wireless to, oh sorry wired semi-wireless or wired if you want um we're seeing that i mean the, you, you click a button it does the same thing it changes the gears we've yeah. got now up to 13 gears on the back if you use well 12 i guess at the road level uh, but the wheels and tyres have changed quite a bit, going to hookless tubeless, um, which does scare a lot of people. And there's a lot of learning to be done with that too. Um, the uh, the standard for hookless tubeless cannot go over 72.5 psi, which I think is five bar right. off the top of my head. A lot of old school people are still getting these new tyres or new bikes from the, and then pumping them up to 100 psi. Yeah, yeah. Which is just, well, there we go. And you're going to blow a tire off the rim for that. But what we're seeing is, I mean, Zipper putting a lot of money into it. We're seeing, I mean, all of the wheel wheel manufacturers, that's where gains can be made. I mean, Paris-Roubaix, look at the tire tech that's used there every year. Like that's, it's one or lost on reliability. Um, So we're seeing Zip with their hookless tubeless, I think, 
is everybody going hookless tubeless? It's it must be yeah. again. It's from the manufacturer point of view, it's a lot easier to manufacture those as well because they are they the they can use hard press molds rather than bladders for the hook on the carbon. A lot cheaper for them to manufacture. Um, technically, a lot lighter wheels and lot. I mean, lighter, stronger. Is that why they're board. pushing them though? Because they're cheaper to make. I think that's a big factor. Um, and we see someone like Zip have a lifetime warranty. So if you're just riding along, hit a pothole and snap your wheel or break a wheel, they'll just replace it like that. Okay. Um, you crash it in a race, they'll replace it like that. So the manufacturing cost might be, must be quite low. Margins must be good too. But they have brought prices down a little bit. Um, but I think we're seeing like tyre tech, tyre testing too. We see a lot. Uh, BicycleRollingResistance.com, great website. Yeah. If you go there, every time there's a new tyre, a new tube, a new type of tube coming out, the TPU tubes, they're tested, they're put up. He's even doing gravel testing now on that. So a lot of the proteins are moving over to uh, tubeless. Um, now, I was in the service course yesterday, walking around, and I heard someone yell out and scream, like, ah, something something happened. And I said to my wife, I was walking around, I said, yeah, I hate tubeless as well. They're a bastard to put on. I was just joking that it was a tubeless problem. We turned around, and there's sealant and shit everywhere. Because yeah. <laughs> this guy's pumped the tire up, and it's blown out, because there was something on the tire. Sealing shit everywhere. So they are using that, but one team, um, Quickstep, are using latex tubes in the race. So what, te what teams are choosing to use themselves, it, there's a bit of an art form to it. Didn't they do that in Roubaix? I swear Quickstep used a different tyre in Roubaix. Right. From, because they're on Roval wheels. I don't know if they use the Spech tyres or, or some other tyres. Probably not. They probably use, don't use Spech tyres. Mm -hmm. And they... They were on Rovell. Uh, they used some different system in a Roubaix, not in 2022. Maybe it was 2022 or 21, and I swear they had so many flats. And again, everyone flats in Roubaix. So it's like it's one race. It's, it's so hard to know. Um, but it, it definitely wasn't a good look. What, and as well for that Roubaix, do you remember when DSM do – reckon, do you reckon this will be used? The DSM tech – not sorry it's not their tech dsm were going to use it before i think the riders revolted um where you can adjust the inflation of the tires automatically on the through, fly, on the fly. Yeah. yeah so you obviously bump it up for the road sections oh. coming into the pave bump it down to 40 psi to me like and they hadn't like really used it i don't think and they were just like use it for the race if there was a perfect system that could do that Again, that would be a game changer for them because you do not want that low rolling resistance or the high rolling resistance, I guess, with the low pressures on the flat roads. And then coming into the finish, pump that up. You're in a velodrome. Yeah. Go high, go high. <laughs> uh, if it's light enough and it works, sure. But if it's somewhat heavy or even worse, doesn't work on the day, you don't want to put that on your bike and not have it work. So the reliability is key. It's going to have to be fully tested before it's going to be trusted, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of old school in cycling. So... Is there anything you've seen here, like printed bars? And to be honest, I haven't seen, I haven't seen printed bars ready for the TDU for riders. Um, so I haven't looked at every bike. But is there anything you've seen here, like, uh, for example, when UA used the Colnago at the TDF, not available yet, um, that's not available to consumers yet, or is like a Frankenstein put together thing that teams have put together that might never be available not really um i hunted high and low this year for something that's unreleased blacked out you know behind the scenes you can get pretty good access to the service course here within a few meters of where the mechanics are actually working on the bikes couldn't spot anything uh, except one cassette 
which was this cassette uh, ratio range that is in between what the consumer can buy. So I think the consumer can buy from this, on the SRAM cassettes, the SRAM Reds, we can buy a 1028 or a 1032. There's two options. The pros have a 1030. That's about it. And we can't buy that 1030. But have the mechanics put that together through loose, loose rings that no, they've no, kept over the these? Last no, couple of, the last <laughs> couple are actually uh, hooked all together. So no, that's, that's from the factory, but only for the teams. So uh, that's about it. Um, which is good to see. I mean, it makes everything accessible for us. These pros aren't using anything that is unobtainable for us. Uh, we can go out and buy the same kind of machines. Um, it's just the engines that we don't have that they do. I think one thing that we saw a lot last year, you know, Bike Exchange, for example, as they were called then, was, you know, the really exy skin suits, the custom skin suits that, like, technically are available they are like you can contact vortec and you can you can get the skin suit and they're quick but like they're so expensive that it's i remember what was it adam hansen when he had the his custom shoes and the rule is you know you can't use equipment that isn't available to buy for an average consumer so i think did he just put it up for sale with like a really long lead time and Mm -hmm. it was like really expensive you go to the websites and it's sold out but it's still available, but it's sold out. I think there's a few grey areas. And British Cycle did hope that Lotus bike. Remember that track bike? It like had the really flared. Did you order one? No, <laughs> I mean they were. I think they put. They were sold like, out. Like sold out or fifty grand <laughs> coming soon. Um, I'm not sure what the track rules are. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder if we haven't seen what I haven't seen. Sort of the, what things that no longer exist now. Maybe it's because it's we're not too deep into the season, things that maybe used to be more popular. I don't see the kinesiology tape, if that's what you call it, too much anymore. The blue tape around the knees. I haven't seen too many pros with that. Is that maybe because the sponsors not... have dropped out or is it because it doesn't work? Or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just guys aren't nursing, niggling knee injuries in January because it's, you know, the start of the season. I'm just glad we are not seeing Froomey with that shit up his nose with a little hook down here, the yellow one, if people remember. This pretty much started me on the internet because I could not stand seeing it. It was called, wait for it, the turbine by a company called RhinoMed. Now, this is, I'm playing the long game here. We're talking 2014 or 13. They initially came out right. with this little device up your nose. We're talking tech. It's kind of tech that was meant to um, you know pull out your nostrils and get have you more air and they I think were claiming five percent more power at the same heart rate I call bullshit um, I did some, just some backyard testing on that and I think everybody did and went look this is but we did see the sponsored riders with this little thing up their nose and there's nothing more awkward than someone having a you know when someone has a nose ring and you awkwardly look at that and you keep say, oh shit I stopped it, it was that so um, for him, you can keep your quad lock. As long as it stays out of your nose, we're all good. But we're not seeing just... Does he use quad lock in race? Of course not. Oh, he doesn't. Oh, no, I, haven't, I hadn't checked his bike, but yeah, I was just checking. Uh, that's, that's, that's a meme uh, sponsorship as well. But uh, funnily enough, I actually use quad lock myself. But uh, yeah. they're convenient. But Rhino Med, absolutely not. Um, well, on that, by the way, so in case people don't know, horses only breathe through their nose. They don't, they don't breathe through their mouths. And nasal, nasal strips are actually... Um, really, really common and proven to kind of be effective. Not like definitively, but there's many studies that have said there's a problem, you know, particularly for horses with um, the bleeding from the lungs, which almost all horses do. I think it's EIBH, um, but the nasal strips are effective there. Maybe that's where they're like, ah, oh, humans are kind of like, human athletes are kind of like horses. Um, 
but it, you're saying they were inside because the, the horse's nasal strip. So the horse, their their nose collapses. Right. It collapses under heavy breathing when they're when they're going full gas. And so the nasal strip is a, re- a structure reinforcement that keeps it open. Um, whereas what's he supposed to do? Was it just supposed to internally open? It, that's exactly what it did. Right. It was shaped like a ITU, if you want to go down that path. It looked like something okay. you would sh- – it was just horrific. Um, but you saw a lot of pros using it. And I think those of us who knew were like, mm, I don't think that's doing too much. But we're not seeing things like um, some weird leg rubs and stuff. Uh, we're not seeing well, – we're not seeing it be promoted. Um, what I do like seeing though is the technology that does work be promoted. I'm totally fine with that. Like new bike tech, new wheels, power meters that work, group sets that do change. Cooling. Uh, cool I think, do you not yeah, think yeah. there's more, like at the prologue, sorry, we're circling mm-hmm. back to that. Do yeah. you not think there's more emphasis on pre-cooling now? I, I reckon, you know, I don't think, gone are the days where, particularly for the top guys, I'm not talking every guy that's just trying to make the time cut or whatever in a TT, but a little little hotel fan in front of you, is not enough anymore. They got full cooling systems pre-planned. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of focus on that. The Froome dog was walking around with his ice vest on. I think he, had, he went to the toilet in the ice vest. Really he was committed. Now. He was committed to that ice vest. Um, I mean, that's that's also cheap technology too. You're not. Uh, and it makes a difference. And people don't realize. Again, I was searching back back to horses. Like, what pre-cooling are they doing for like Magic Millions? Because it's like thirty degrees. And then I looked. There were some studies, and the studies showed that. At 25 degrees, on a 25-degree day, pre-cooling has, an, has a big difference. And 25 is not that hot because everyone thinks, oh, I'll do pre-cooling ice vest when it's 30, 33. And yeah, of course, it makes a bigger difference when you pre-cool for like one hour TT then. But even 25 degrees is kind of – it's not optimal. Like all we see with the climbing records, all the climbing records, generally speaking, people's best performances – would be between 10 and 15 degrees Celsius, right. about 14 to 15 degrees Celsius is typically where they are. So Norway, for example, Carpena with Pagacha, is a little bit colder, but the heat is more detrimental to performance to, from what we see than five to eight degrees, which is considered cool. And for the prologue the other day, obviously that effect will wear off after a few minutes or so, but if a prologue's only lasting six minutes, the percentage of gain, I guess, from being cool at the start, lots higher. So yeah, we're seeing that. But even just comfort-wise, I mean, the temperatures we're seeing out here in the start line, that sun is hot. It is very hot. As shown by my red face. There we go. There <laughs> we go. So even just stepping out of the van, if you step out hot and yeah, you feel yeah. like shit, you're just, you're just you're slow and lethargic. Uh, if you can be in that optimal temperature, just as you step on the bike, just mentally, you're going to be in a better space. So, In case we don't get a chance to talk to you Again this year, Shane, because I'll be going back to Endora. You'll be mm-hmm. in Ballarat, although the internet exists. So if people want, if you like the talking tech sort of a ditch special episode, let me know or let us know in the comments because it's something different. But I think it's pretty interesting hearing or talking about, you know, we're all cycling degenerates here. What, what's going on in the World Tour lunch? What can we expect? We, we sort of lamented a little bit. Eh, there's nothing, no big hallmark thing that's come out. What can we expect to come out this year? That or that's room, even just a you know a five percent rumor. Uh, well, we've seen the uh, a few leaks from I think it was a team movie star um, had the new SRAM, something new from SRAM, new levers, okay. new something. Um, no one knew what level that was. My initial thought with Yumbo Visma going to SRAM, I'm thinking, do they know something pre tour that I'm going to have a new front derailleur maybe, or are they going to go? Oh, I'm, I won't say. It. Will they be going a one by system? I don't think we'll see one by on road for a while again. 
Um, not without other technology involved either. Um, something from SRAM. Shimano, I think, well, we've seen, we won't see anything new from Shimano at the, at the pro level, I wouldn't think. Um, power meter wise, I think power meters are a solved problem. Look at the, looking at Quark, I don't think the Quark technology hasn't changed for four years now. They've got some auto calibration, active temperature compensation. You never really hear problems with Quarks. They're just kind of on there and work, which is the perfect perfect way they should be. We shouldn't have to go get a specialty item, make sure it's calibrated, do all this special stuff, send it back to the service course or wherever to get it reconfigured or recharged or battery changed. These things just work. They're just a consumable now. Um, so power meter wise, I think we're done. Um, just on the SRAM though. Mm -hmm. Didn't you can't you have to run a if you run a fifty six front chain you, you mentioned one by if you run a fifty six front chain ring can you run a thirty six Oh, it depends what we're railing. You can mix and match. You can do a few funky but you're, things. But you're dicing with danger there. Yeah, yeah. There's different. Uh, there's ratios and things with the front chain ring and what you can go up okay. the back and things like that. Um, but there's always, I guess, different cage lengths at the service course or undercover. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. So Australia are doing something this year. And it wouldn't surprise me if we see a new red maybe mid-year, but would they want to take that to the tour? If it's, un yeah, I, I don't know. I hope to see that. I hope to see that. And I, I want to see, because we're not, as we were alluding to earlier, we're not seeing you know, Shimano and SRAM on the same level of performance. And it all comes down to that front derailleur. If we yeah, see yeah. that become equal. I mean, Shimano's still king. Like, teams are still, yeah, teams are still like UAE, like, buying it wholesale. Mm -hmm. um, it shifts under load in the front chain ring. Uh, DI2 just works. It's nice and quick. It's reliable. It's been around for years. Um, not to take away from SRAM, but we've seen, as you talked about, we've seen the meme accounts. Um, so if they change that, that'd be great. Um, what else? Head unit wise, I think we're pretty static there. No new market entrance. Like, I guess the up and comers, you mentioned already Hammerhead. Like, mm -hmm. you think maybe, listen, I've spoken to pros sort of off the record and they're like, yeah, man, I actually quite like it. Like, you know, that the ride the hammerhead or other people who maybe have got a brand deal with hammerhead, um, but then you you know, you ask them, oh, you know, do you actually like it? Like, actually, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Like it's got some features, like quite like it. So I don't know, maybe but maybe they'll have they'll have to pay. Like they're not just gonna get they're not at the level where they're like better than Garmin so substantively just on performance that someone's going to slap it on. There's a few nuances with the hammerhead, such as if you're out in the field, you can't do Bluetooth uploads. You finish a ride when you're out on a two or say we're over here in Adelaide for a week, you finish your ride, it's got to be connected to Wi-Fi to sync up. It's a bit of a pain in the okay. ass. Whereas the Garmin's and everything else just sync to your phone over Bluetooth data channel, bang, it's uploaded no matter where you are. Before you even get in the elevator to go up to your room, it's uploaded for most units. Um, yeah, it depends if that if they bring out a Hammerhead 3, I'd love to see that around. Um, we're all hoping for that with a better battery and a few more additional things. Um, that's based on Android 8, I believe, the, the Karoo 2. Android 8 was a few years ago now. So long in the tooth. Um, tire tech will continue to evolve, but I think that's slowing down. Um, we're now at a point where everyone's running wider tires now, a lot, lot lower pressures, um, even out on the road. Um, Bike-wise, well, bikes are, yeah, you know, there's not much we can change there or they can change for the regulations. Well, I guess we have the disc brake, like, evolution. Could people start running... I don't know, like, I feel like the rotors as well, they've kind of, they've gone to what, like, there's the ice tech technology. Mm -hmm. Could they start running, you know, because listen, again, uh, behind the curtain, oh, damn, like a lot of the bikes, maybe the majority of the bikes ain't 6.8 kilos, especially on flat stages. And of course, we now know and the teams know that, you know, aero is more important on probably 90% of stages. So if a bike's a kilo heavier, but it's X percent faster aero-wise, then who cares? 
That being said, um, you know, if they can develop TIS brake technology where they can run that system lighter, with be it the calipers or whatever, without people uh, falling off the edge of cliffs, maybe that's something in demand. But of course, like, I'm pretty sure Pog's bike was 6.8. Mount <laughs> Stadia last year, pretty sure. Uh, so when it really matters, I would I would hope that the bikes are at UCI minimum. But oh, is his cycling after all? So I wouldn't be surprised. I have heard some horror stories of people going to Vuelta, going for GC, riding a seven point five kilo bike on some rampas. So <laughs> maybe maybe there's some gains there. I don't know. But thanks very much, Shane, for coming on. You can check Shane out at GP Llama on YouTube. He's on YouTube, Instagram, all over the place. He specializes in tech uh, reviews, previews, rumors, Swift updates, all that good stuff. Um, best in the business for it and uh, we'll keep watching with with glee i hope there is a big release this year and i'll wait to see your roast or praise yes oh, me too. it keeps me in business actually the more the more tech that's released it does so uh yeah fingers crossed we get to come back and talk about some new stuff all right thanks Shane. cheers mate Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 